Hi, welcome to the Fit Me Forever podcast hosted by the OmniFit. We're about all things fitness. We help women get off the diet roller coaster to find sustainable health, embracing life right where you are on the way to where you're going. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Coach Jody V, a certified nutrition coach who specializes in helping women become physically and mentally strong to regain energy for a life they love. I would like to welcome my co-host, Kayla Duncan, owner of the OmniFit, and fellow colleague and nutrition coach, Taylor Bloxham. Together, we are the OmniFit. Hey guys, welcome back to episode 25 of the Fit Me Forever podcast. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about maintenance intake. You might have heard this phrase said before on our other podcasts, so today we're going to dig into the details. What is it? How do you get there? How long do you stay? Etc. But before we do that, we want to remind you about our live event that we're hosting in Dover, New Hampshire. Coach Jody, you want to share the details about that? Kayla, I would love to share the details. So ladies, if you want a hands-on help experience from us, we would like to invite you to join us for our very first OmniFit live event in Dover, New Hampshire. And that's going to be occurring on July 1st. Um, it's not going to be your typical conference. We've talked about this before. We're going to just be sitting down with you, helping you set goals, construct and understand um, a plan that you may already have in place or help you put one together. In addition to that, we'll be having conversations around common struggles that we talk about all the time on the podcast, things like cravings, managing stress, consistency, mindset, and just areas in which you could focus on to improve your results. We'll also spend part of that day together um, going to the gym, and Kayla has an awesome gym. Can't wait. Iron Empire, right? That's what it's called? Yes. Oh, my gosh. You guys got to check this out. It's awesome. But we're going to be going there for part of the day and covering a lot of um, form and intensity specific to changing your physique. And then um, basically our goal is for you to walk away from the event knowing exactly what you should be doing for your personal goals, and then to have a plan, a plan in place to achieve them. So when you're done, um, you're, you're going to be set to go. We have just a limit of 25 spaces, and that's because we want to serve you and have the biggest impact. So go to reserve your spot at the omnifit.com backslash live. We're so excited about the event. We can't wait to hang out with you guys in person. And again, make sure you reserve your spot because I think they're going to go pretty fast. Um, the omnifit.com backslash live, right? Is it backslash? Yeah, backslash. Okay. Slash. Live. Slash. <laughs> slash. You guys know what it takes to get there. Also, just go to the omnifit.com. <laughs> yes, it's also on the homepage. And just a note, um, our early bird pricing does go up on, at, on June 1st. So get in there. Get in there and get your spot. It's going to be great. I can't wait. Yes, me too. I'm so yeah. excited. So today we're going to jump right in talking about maintenance level intake. Um, you guys probably hear us talk about this all the time, maintenance level. We refer to it a lot. Um, how do you define maintenance? What do you guys think? Basically a place where you can maintain your body weight. It's not going up. It's not going down. And it's a great settling point in which you can just live life, you know? Mm -hmm. Now, typically you might find your body weight not going up or not going down, like we mentioned on other podcasts as being a frustration, and you might find yourself at a deficit intake. So what we don't want is your body to be maintaining itself when you're at a deficit, 
what we want is your body to be maintaining itself when you're at the appropriate intake. And how we define that, um, there's actually a lot of scientific formulas out there that um, take into account um, movement and um, energy expenditure and things like that in a really easy um, calculation to do if you are someone that has less than 50 pounds of body fat to lose before you might reach your, your goal per se, um, is to just multiply your current body weight by 13 to 15. And that's like, it's a range and you're going to see a several hundred calories change. Um, but to just kind of do that math for you really quick, um, if you're a 150 pound woman and you multiply that by 14, so you're right in the middle, that's 2,100 calories. So if you're 150 pounds and you're eating around 2,000, 2,100 calories, you should be maintaining your weight. That would be how we would appropriately define that out generally. Again, when you're listening to a podcast like this, just know that the specifics are going to be very, very individual. Um, but we do like to give you guys some pretty hard numbers to walk away from that you can test out and then get that biofeedback for yourself. Yeah, I think when you look at that range too, it's kind of have to think about where is your current body weight and are you overeating in excess or is your tendency more towards undereating? So that range 13 to 15, I mean, some people, a 150 pound woman may look at that 2,100 calories and go, oh my gosh, that's so much food, or really have no idea that they're actually consuming um, that much energy, you know, every single day. So it helps to um, just have a general idea. To start mm -hmm. with. Totally. Yeah. One thing I think of too is even, even if it were a, a place in between, you know, like a deficit low of like 1400 or so, you know, like 1300 or upwards of the maybe 2100 range, even if, you know, someone were to stick around 1700, 1800 to stick to that for a few weeks and see how your body responds to it. Start to see if you start to feel hungry or, you know, whatever, your energy starts to increase, your digestion becomes better, that kind of thing. So those are just some things that you could always just play around with. Again, the importance of biofeedback, just knowing what your body's actually doing and doing it for a long, longer amount of time to actually gain that, gain that data. Yeah, we'll definitely go into some specifics about um, how to get to maintenance if you're not there and then how long to stay there before you might move into a different, a different dieting phase. Now, what might influence someone um, wanting to be at a maintenance level of intake? Um, past dieting history, it, this comes up a lot. I feel like every podcast where we're saying your past dieting history influences these decisions because it is that important. Um, we had mentioned if you're someone that <clears throat> finds themselves in a deficit, maybe you've been there since in the early January timeframe, um, and you're not seeing the, the you know, gradual loss or fat loss that you want to see, that might be a really great indicator of it's time to transition into maintenance. And that's what Coach Tay was saying about how long it might take to get there. Um, what are some examples that you guys have of um, real people that you've transitioned into a maintenance phase. I know this can be all over the board, so I have a few in my mind. I want to hear from you guys. Uh, Jody. I think you're on mute. <laughs> a little technical difficulty. That's fine. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I have a couple of clients um, that come to mind about this, and one of the things, um, not just not being able, like they kind of stalled out, of course, but energy was a huge um, factor. So they were just finding that 
energy levels were just really, really low and um, just didn't have what they needed to get through the day and kind of were running into that, you know, mid to late day, really, really tired, not feeling like they're resting well, you know, just not recovering well. So um, that to me is always an indicator that it's time to pick it back up because those are indicators of downregulation um, and and just want to build that metabolic capacity to mm -hmm. over time. Um, one of the other things that comes to mind is if you are, if you've been dieting for a while and you're expecting a pretty stressful um, period of time coming in life, maybe it's a big move or you're getting married or you're going through a divorce or you have a lot of intense um, work stress and that sort of thing, that is not a time that you want to be, um, you know, probably sitting in a deficit. No, you don't want to be dieting during those times. That would no. be a perfect time to plan for a maintenance. You're right. Yeah, so definitely, to, you know, to bring it up um, and get yourself so you can just that extra stress um, you need to recover from and not have the metabolic stress as well. Yeah. So how would you advise someone maybe getting there? I'd like to give the listeners some pretty hard line examples of what we do with our clients. And I know these are going to vary. I have some examples in my mind um, with this client that you're talking about. Um, Jody. how did you work to, to get her to a maintenance level and about how long did it take for her to get there? Um, we, we've been working together for a while. So what, what first had to happen is um, she was not eating consistently at all. I mean, you, large fluctuations, um, maybe uh, 1200 calories one day, 1800 the next. I mean, it was just on a, this roller coaster. And so the first thing we did was um, just get her to, um, I guess, a solid uh, deficit level first. So mm -hmm. it was even. And then over about um, an eight-week period of time, um, gradually brought her up. So the first thing I concentrated on was getting her protein intake solid and um, just gradually increasing that over time and bringing um, carbs and fats you know, kind of into balance where, um, where there was enough fat that you know, hormonally she would be good. Um, but not too much, and then just enough enough carbs to get the energy up. And so mm -hmm. we just we just kept inching up either carb once we got protein in place, inching up carbs or fats kind of every other week or every every ten days or so. So what were some factors that influenced her timeline? Maybe walk us through your thought process of why you would decide to make an increase or maybe why you wouldn't. I know that that is going to vary a lot between, between clients. Mm -hmm. um, well, we listen. One thing I was always having her assess is her hunger. Um, and we were getting regular meal consistency in place, which wasn't there before. So mm -hmm. um, every three hours, are you starting to feel hungry? What does that look like? Is that coming at every single meal? Um, which is indicating to me that you need more food. There's been really no change in the scale. Um, you know, how are you recovering in the gym? Just asking all these questions. How are you sleeping? Um, that sort of thing. And you just, I don't know, as a coach, you intuitively know, or also looking at visuals um, and, you know, seeing things change. And so uh, I tend to be a little more conservative than probably some coaches. And we just um, just started to inch up from there. So one of the main things is just the hunger. I key into the hunger big time. And um, what usually we'll see when we bump, hunger levels drop. And then 
about 10 days or so, they start increasing and regularly we're seeing that hunger still again at a level six, seven, eight um, at each meal as they're going in. And that's an indicator. It's like, okay, time to go again. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, and all like push it, you know? Right. And all while you mentioned like her body fat is not changing. She's not gaining. These are all really, really great signs that her body is accepting mm-hmm. um, this transition into a maintenance level. Um, which is really, really good. Tay, give us some examples um, that you've worked with clients that might be a little bit different or maybe even similar um, to Jody working with this particular client that might influence um, how or how you decided that it was good that they moved into maintenance um, and then how you, how you got there. Mm-hmm. Um, I can think of one. I can think of a couple, obviously, that were in this situation, but I think of one in particular that, that saw huge, huge body composition changes. So keep in mind when I say body composition changes, not weight all the time. Um, and so body composition changes and we'll have to, you know, put up that picture or link a link a picture somehow, uh, but just drastic differences between the photos and only about, it was from November to about April springtime. Mm -hmm. So that, uh, that amount of time. Yeah. Yeah crazy, crazy, crazy rapid results. And, you know, this woman was healthy, um, but just in a place where I think that we all are in terms of just not really having a lot of consistency, not like one, one day way different calories, maybe enough protein, just not really having a diligent plan. Mm -hmm. So she may or may not have been overeating maybe on the weekends or not enough throughout the week, just not a lot of consistency. And I think that that can be a powerful reference for a lot of people. Um, is not a lot of consistency because that's a really important thing that has to be taken place no matter what. Mm-hmm. And so first off, just making sure that um, she gets to a consistent level intake, whether it's, you know, a little bit a deficit regardless for her. And so over that course of time, slowly increasing it. But as that time frame came, keep in mind where she was overweight, wanting to lose body fat, realizing that it's not my place to decrease her calories when why would I want to pull from somewhere? I'm not even sure where she's been in the first place. Mm -hmm. So that's not going to gain any metabolic advantage long-term. So So that was a mindset mindset shift for your client to recognize that she really wasn't in a place to continue dieting and that in order to reach her long-term goal, she needed to just trust you here. Totally. And that is literally so many women that I know we all work with right now and have in the past and will continue to work with. It is, it is totally a mindset, a mindset thing there. And so what we did is slowly bring her intake up over again, the, the long-term deal there was about four or five months, give or take. And she just consistently kept losing inches, but still feeling that same thing with Jody feeling that hunger was present and wanting more and just all these things were being settled in place in terms of hitting the macros every day, um, going to the gym four days a week. That isn't even anything crazy, Mm -hmm. you know, having an office job, um, those kinds of things. And then, um, just meal timing, stuff like that. So just as long as you have a plan in place and you have habits that are consistent, that amount of time um, increasing your food, even when you are wanting the fat loss, it's, it's trusting that process and knowing that what your body truly wants and needs in that time. 
One of the things I've loved about um, the client that I'm working with is her energy levels. I mean, she's like in a very stressful period of time work right now, but she, energy levels are off the charts because she's at maintenance. And if she was in, in that dieting phase, she would be tanked. Her body think, just would not be able to handle it. And, and mentally, like it's just a, a downward spiral. So yeah, think how much better her training sessions are. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, speaking of that too, I mean, we're seeing growth and, and those same body composition changes. It's like your, your body's not fighting against you when you're at maintenance, it's working with you. And that's, yes. that's what's so exciting to watch. Mm -hmm. And that's really great. And, um, the, the, I wanted to see what, what clients you guys were kind of choosing or what examples, so I can bring something a little bit different to the table too, for the listeners, um, say you're someone that has been following that you have the consistency down, right? Like you've, you've been maybe at a deficit, you're consistent with your deficit. You've seen um, some results from your deficit. And we already talked about maybe if you've seen a little lull in your progress, um, things have plateaued just a little bit. It might be a sign to bring things to maintenance. And so the example I'm going to give you is a client like that. We bring things to maintenance. And in those cases for someone that has been consistent and I have been working with her um, I know her body. So we can get up to maintenance at a much faster rate than the examples that Coach Jody and Coach Taylor just provided where they had to learn this client's bodies based on responses because consistency wasn't there. Um, so keep that in mind as you're using this information for yourself um, that if you're not meal tracking, go ahead and do that to get an idea of where you are and start getting an idea of how your body's responding to the type of food that you're already eating. So in my client's case where I did know their body, we only took, I'm going to estimate here, rough estimate, but probably four, maybe five weeks to get their intake back from a moderate deficit that at this point in her fat loss phase might have stooped down to like a 10 calories per pound, nine and a half calories per pound with some cardio um, mixed in there, usually two to three high intensity sessions, depending on their training. And those sessions are usually 10 minutes long. Um, with some moderate intensity steady state cardio in there as well. And so as, I've, as I transitioned her out of that deficit, um, typically with the first one, I bring up her food just a little bit and drop just a little bit of the cardio off. Not a lot, just a little bit. And then again, tracking responses. Um, have her check in in seven days. Let's see how it goes. If I didn't see enough changes in seven days, I might say, hey, three days later, check back in with me. And that's where you know Jody might get that. 10 days, 10, 14 days. We're just checking to see how the body's responding. It's her job to communicate to me. And then it's my job to decipher what her body's trying to say and then relay that information to her so she can learn as well. And so as she's working through this and she's giving me all this feedback, the same thing, you guys, digestion, energy, time in the gym, those things end up like spiking immediately. I slept so much better. I feel so rested. And then hunger is usually through the roof. When a couple weeks ago when she was dieting, she might not even been hungry anymore. She just might just felt normal. And then now we're giving her food and she's like, oh my God, I'm starving. This is actually really hard to only eat what I have planned. And so that's a key sign to me, like, let's bump you a little faster. Let's see how it goes, you know, within reason until we get to that, um, you know, 13, 14 calorie range. And then we level out a little bit because what will typically happen is that someone is still getting all this feedback. Their body is still saying, I'm hungry. But we have to remember that the body will continue to say it's hungry and then it'll start storing body fat. <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. So 
how long does someone typically stay at maybe a maintenance level once they've reached that point before they might choose to move into, let's say someone wants to gain lean body mass and they're feeling good compositionally and they want to take their intake up. Um, let's use that person. Out of these three women, they all have um, physique desires. They all want to make their body look better. They also want to feel good. They also want to um, you know, have energy and all that, but they want to look better. Like, like a lot of us do. So how long would they stay at maintenance? Jody? let's refer back to the client that you used as an example. What's the plan? The plan for the client that I am thinking of is no less than four months. What I'm hoping is closer to six. Um, and I really want to push to see what is the upper end of her maintenance because when we start a cut, I mean, traditionally, you know, you've got to, to lose a pound a week, that's 3,500 calories, right? So that's, a, if, you know, 500 a day. Is that food? Is that activity? Is that whatever? I want there to be a nice cushion of space mm-hmm. um, to, so that when we decide to start a cut, that she's, it, it's just going to, she's going to respond beautifully. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. And, and it'll be fun along the way to um, what I'm planning is that we will push, we'll rest, we'll push a little bit more, we'll know when to pull back, just mm-hmm. because all the other indicators will start coming into play. I'm not hungry. Uh, the scale might be, you know, doing weird things, you know, um, there's just all the, the energy. I think when you start to eat too much, you can also get very sluggish mm-hmm. and um, that insulin response and insulin resistance starts to build up. And then the nutrients aren't being used as well as they could be. So all of those things kind of start coming into play. Cool. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about some benefits at staying at maintenance because as you guys are going to learn, um, maintenance is a nice little safety space to hang out. We should probably get a little comfortable at maintenance and sometimes that can feel a little bit boring. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, um, Taylor, anything to add to, in terms of how long to stay at maintenance for the client that you were giving the example of, um, anything different, I would, yeah, I would say I am right in the same boat in terms of half a year or so, so six months um, upwards around that range, just making sure that, you know, you fully know as the coach and the client that, you know, your body is at that set point in which it is adapted and maintaining at that, and it's not going to want to waver until you make those other changes, which is, i.e. a deficit, and you start losing fat. Um, I wanted to add too one thing that I'm just particularly thinking of, just how quick that can change with, with life, life. And that's a whole nother topic in itself, but you know, um, just the different things that can waver that if someone's, again, I know you're talking about Jody, but you know, divorce, moving, whatever, different things that can happen in life that is going to, you know, waver those, those results or even the goals that we'd be shooting for. So with that's a whole nother topic in itself for a podcast. Yeah, definitely can influence how long you might want to stay there if you're, if you're sick or if it was a season where you got sick more often. Um, you know, the whole point in the maintenance is not necessarily to maintain and not change. It, it actually is an improvement phase. Um, we're always looking to improve, whether it's our mindset or our relationship with food. Um, there's a lot of things that we can test 
inside this comfortable maintenance phase because as coaches and as people dieting, you're not worried about the negative impacts that dieting can have, that uh, eating in a deficit for too long can have, that you are worried about in other times. And so you can test a lot of things. Um, at, once someone isn't maintenance, I completely agree with you guys. Um, four months minimum, I really, really, um, I'm, pre I'm a pretty hard stickler with that. And I go upwards of that if someone has been dieting for longer. So if we take contest prep, for example, and we do something in a, you know, 20, 30 week contest prep, well, that's the minimum <laughs> that I want to see someone in a maintenance phase. And then for a competitor, we're really talking about physique improvements. And so that can greatly impact how long a natural competitor needs to stay at maintenance or move into that surplus building phase. Um, and that you just have, that's why you can't usually hit the stage every day, especially as a newer competitor or someone that needs to put on more lean muscle. If you're a competitor that you don't typically need to put on more lean muscle, but you might just need to bring a better conditioning, um, then it's more about your metabolic capacity and your response to dieting. So that might influence your maintenance phase. But yeah, for, I, think, I think the maintenance, you know, it's all about patience. Yes. And that's what, um, you know, a lot of, so, you know, we just all have a hard time with that sometimes. So we're ready. We want, we want the, what's the next thing, you know, coach, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Um, but it's, we just have to get that mindset of patience. Mm -hmm. And so like, you know, like what are some of the things that we can do in the maintenance phase that kind of, you know, change it up a little bit without changing it up, if you know what I mean. Right, right. Um, variety is the first thing that comes to mind. Um, a lot of times, especially when you're in a pretty tight fat loss phase, things lose a little variety, whether it's because you don't have the macros to choose from or whether it's because you just need to keep things a little more consistent to track digestion or things like that. But I mean, we got this great cookbook out <laughs> that you can really start to experiment with um, because you have a lot more macros to play with. You've got um, more types of food that you can try because, you know, pasta is no fun when you can only eat three noodles, you know, actually have, you know, a decent amount of serving. Um, I don't know why that's so funny. Yeah, different types of food, right? Yeah, just, just, no, you can only have three right. I, I know that you've portioned three, you've portioned pasta before, right? And been like, okay, that looked better on paper. <laughs> it's so sad. Like the dry yeah. amount versus the cooked. I'm like, oh, boo. <laughs> I had to totally uh, avoid noodles. Totally avoid yeah. them. It was yep. too distressing. Yep. Give yep. me rice totally. all day long. Right, right. Yeah, but, but learning yeah, to expand, yeah, learning yes. to expand meals is super important because variety um, is going to lead to vitality. And I think mm -hmm. so often that when when you've seen um, ladies that have been eating a lack of variety. I can see that in their skin and their face and all of that. So um, how many vitamins and minerals do we get from the variety of foods mm -hmm. and at yes. the portion, right? I mean, when another, another kind of a topic for another day, but multivitamins during a fat loss phase versus you can kind of ease off of some of your supplements when you can get that nutrients from food because you can eat more of it. It's going to add up and that, that definitely um, influences vitality. I'm glad, so glad you mentioned that. Yeah. yeah. One, of, one of the other things that comes to mind, I think Taylor, we were talking about this, um, a, a couple of podcasts ago, but that, um, just the ability to practice and, um, just do, you know, more intuitive eating, not have to measure everything out mm -hmm. exactly. Get, it's mm -hmm. no fun. The, 
um, meal prep containers stacked <laughs> to oblivion yeah. in the refrigerator type of thing. Yeah. I believe that there, I think we're all at this place in our journeys in our lives where we don't have to weigh every single meal and there's different journeys for everybody in terms of where they are currently and what goals they're after. But when you come to a place where you are just wanting to, you're a mom and you're just wanting to get fit and you are, you know, going out to eat and doing all this stuff and, you know, just wanting to maintain where you're at, but also still reach your goals where there's a, there's a fine line between, you know, having that consistency and making sure that everything's on point, but also not stressing about it to a point that you're not going out to eat, that kind of thing. And so just being very intuitive, knowing your body, knowing food, and that does take a good amount of time in, in order to learn all of that. So, you know, maybe, maybe tracking macros or tracking your food for the amount of time to actually even learn what and educate yourself what that all is, but then to know kind of be able to call the shots later on in life. It's a beautiful thing and it's a beautiful season in which you can just kind of, kind of live in that freedom. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think, I think ladies need to take the time to go through that education to know, you know, what is a protein? What is a carbohydrate? What is a fat for us? It's so intuitive because that's, that's the world we live in. But so many people don't understand what the composition of food is made up of. And when um, they can begin to learn that and do the tracking exercises, um, and I don't recommend it forever, but you should have a good idea what's in, what's in food and what you're eating and how that affects your body um, mm -hmm. and, and how that affects where you're at in maintenance. And that's what we love to do. I know all of us love to help ladies become more, more and more educated um, about that. So. Definitely. Another thing that comes to mind in terms of maintenance is you're not at risk. Once you've maintained for a couple weeks, you're not at risk for vast amount of fat, fat gain anymore. So I know on a, on a, a previous podcast, we talked about summer barbecues and we talked about um, how to approach social activities. Um, that's a huge benefit of being in a maintenance phase because your body is not at risk for putting on unnecessary amounts of fat gain. So when you're eating out, um, st we still recommend ordering healthy, but th you don't have to be so obsessive about it. When, when you are in a deficit and you have been in this fat loss phase for a period of time, that's a real thing to be concerned about because you can't ignore the fact that your body is primed for gaining. <laughs> so yeah. that's yeah. one of the, the greatest benefits of being able to kind of walk away from the scale a little bit, walk away from you know, on previous podcasts, we've also talked about the benefits of um, weighing on a daily basis. But many times when someone reaches this maintenance level and once we've agreed that their body is leveled out a little bit, they need to hang here for a while, we can step away from the scale. Um, you can use other markers of progress as your prime markers rather than focusing so much on your picture, focusing so much on um, what you look like. Let's, let's look at all those other areas of influence. Um, and that's a huge benefit of maintenance. In fact, um, I've kind of found a lot of my clients enjoy it so much that they, I'm really glad, but I mean, they'll do a fat loss phase, but they really just like, okay, I'm ready to get back to that place where, because there's, there can be composition changes in maintenance phase too. Yeah. Um, so having a lean gaining, having, you know, really being able to push your training and things like that, they're really fun. It, it is a really great time. Um, so hanging out the majority of your year there can really benefit you. I was just going to say, I love being at maintenance. 
Mm -hmm. like pushing food on the other end and and cutting on the other end. It's like, so much work. Maintenance is such a happy place. Yep. Yep. It really is. Embrace maintenance. Embrace maintenance. Yes, that needs to be the next t-shirt. <laughs> Embrace, maintenance. Embrace maintenance. Yeah, that's great. Not complacency. Maintenance. No. Those are different things. So it's really I, great. I was just going to say, um, there's not much risk of fat gain as long as I don't have Oreo cookies in the pantry. Okay, so yep. we've all got some. Are you a golden Oreo or are you a regular Oreo? Oh, I like them both. Double stuff. Yes, double stuff golden. Oh, my arch nemesis. I accidentally, I'm not going to lie, I accidentally got regular Oreos because this is, I am in maintenance and this, these are things that I do enjoy. Um, and I grabbed the family pack really fast instead of the double stuffed and I was sorely disappointed. Oh, <laughs> you know they have those in now and they're not even worth it. No, they're not. They're <laughs> not even bothered. They're not worth it. And my cart just, I just ignore that aisle when I go to the grocery store. I've got to pass. Just pass it. Yep. Yeah. One of those childhood demons haunts <laughs> me. All right, guys. Well, I hope you got um, a lot out of this podcast in knowing about maintenance for yourself. Um, maybe evaluating some of these case studies that we just explained to you. If you have any questions, please let us know because every single person is going to be so vastly different. Although there are these general consistencies um, that we were sharing that you can apply to yourself. And we really just want to encourage you to, to get happy and hang out there because you're going to make a ton of progress in your maintenance phase. It's not as sexy. It might not be as Instagram worthy. Um, but it's, it's our mission to, to make you guys love where you are, embrace the sustainable part of change, because that's really going to provide you enjoyment of the whole journey. Well, there you have it, guys. Thank you so much for joining in to another episode of the Fit Me Forever podcast. If you guys have any questions, please don't hesitate to reach out via email at info at theomnifit.com. And of course, please connect with us on social media. All of our handles, our Instagram and Facebook are both at The Omnifit. And if you like this kind of content, if you like what we're putting out, please rate us on iTunes and Stitcher. That helps other people find us, and it lets us know that we're putting out content that you enjoy. All right, talk to you guys soon.